Hey, listen, I've, uh, I've got an interesting message with, uh, for you because uh, in light of all that's going on in the world, God has not let me move on the way I plan to move on. How many of you know many of the plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails? That's what the Bible says. And so I had already planned to leave winning together behind and say, okay, we're closing that up. He extended it by two weeks and now he's going to extend it some more. And, and, and I'm going, you know what, maybe I should come up with a different slide and, and, and uh, package for a new, for a new uh, sermon series. And God's going, I, I don't want any of that. Just keep it with winning together. Because winning together does not just apply to winning together as a couple. It applies to winning together as a family and a church, a community, and ultimately a nation. And so, very simply put, if you want to know how to win together, you got to put God first. That means honor God and then stay united. Very simply put, put God first, honor Him, and then stay united. You say, okay, pastor, is this a couple's message? No, this is a church message. This is a church message, how to win together. Now, we said that, that the enemy is going to try to destroy us, that we battle against a real enemy. The Bible said we battle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, evil forces, dark forces in a heavenly realm. That means what you see here on earth is not the only thing that's going on. Haven't you ever felt like, man, there is something going on in my life. There's like someone's conspiring against me. Anyone ever felt that way? You just feel like, it's like something is going on. Well, Paul is saying, yes, there is. And you may not be able to see it, but you can combat it in the spiritual by certain type of prayer and faith and a relationship with God. And so I want to just kind of take you from there to what God has put on my heart for this week. Now, last week we said, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen? Amen. Okay, so submit to God. That means you've got to actively place yourself under God. How many of you know it's easier to say I'm under God than to actually be under God? Anyone ever preach better than you live? I preach way better than I live. I'm just telling you. My children know this, and I always tell them, I say, I'm a much better preacher than I am a father. Some of you aren't understanding what I'm saying, meaning it's easy to talk the talk, it's harder to walk the walk. I know what the Bible says, I know how I'm supposed to live, but to actually live it is a tough thing. Someone once said, Pastor, I don't go to church anymore because there are too many hypocrites. And you know what I told them? I said, one more won't hurt, come on. The truth is, we're all hypocrites, meaning we talk better than we actually live. And we have to remember that. When we forget it, then we fall victim to what, what James is saying in this verse. Now, now, stay with me. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Wash your hands. Can I tell you? The world is going crazy with washing hands. How many of you had no clue that 20 seconds was so long? 
Am I the only one? You know, I go to wash my hands and I'm thinking, okay, surely I've hit 20 seconds. And the reason I know, and I do it precise, I'm actually going 30 seconds. And I have these watches that mark, like right now, it just turned 50. So I'm going to what? 20, exactly. Oh no, I've only gone five seconds. And so it was taking forever. But so, so what I did is I just stopped doing it. No, I'm just kidding. I, 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 I'm getting used to what 30 seconds is like. But I find it interesting that, that this is so ironic. That God put this on my heart two weeks ago. But can I tell you that two weeks ago, I had a very different impression of it than I do today. Two weeks ago, I thought, oh, that's so cute. That's so nice. That's so awesome. Today, I'm like, ugh. No, Watch. And before you lose me, or I lose you, hang in there with me. Because some of you are going to say, I came to be encouraged. Pastor hits me with, you dirty sinners. (laughs) Watch this. Wash your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Whoa. Whoa. Wait, wait a minute. How are you going to make that nice? I'm not going to make it nice. How many of you know sometimes we just have to admit who we are? Sometimes we just have to come before the Lord and say, God, I'm a punk. I don't like being called a punk. Well, I'm a sinner, Lord. Thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love me anyway. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you put up with me anyway, God. Lord, I'm just going to admit to you, I don't, I mess up. I don't do right. I still need you today as much as I needed you when you first saved me. I think sometimes it's easy to forget that. Am I the only one that forgets that? That gets so caught up in saying, man, look how far I've come. Lord, I'll take the wheel. And then when it gets rough, you're like, Jesus, take the wheel. You didn't know I could hit that note, did you? The truth is, what are you doing driving anyway? Why do you have to say, Jesus, take the wheel? You know why we have to say, Jesus, take the wheel? Because we tend to get overconfident and say, scoot over, I'm ready to drive. And then we get in trouble and we start screaming, Jesus, take the wheel. This is what James is talking about here. Listen to what he's saying. He says, change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves. See, that's what we said last week. If you want to overcome the devil. And how many of you know This virus is not just a physical thing. Can't you see the spiritual implications that are taking place and how he is spreading fear and chaos? I mean, people are fighting over toilet paper. If that's not spiritual, I don't know what is. Someone said it's not a stomach issue. Why are you fighting over toilet paper? Because... It's not rational. It's something bigger than just the physical. And so I want to just share some things with you. If you want to overcome the devil and his schemes and the fear that he wants to bring on a world, then you need to do it God's way. There's a supernatural way to overcome a supernatural foe or enemy. And that supernatural way is by God's grace. But how do I access God's grace? 
James says it, Peter says it, Paul says it, Jesus says it, and if you read above that, I won't recover, I won't re-preach last week's message. It clearly says, humble yourselves. But watch this. He puts bookends on it. Above, he says, humble yourself. Resist the devil, he will flee. How do you resist him? Humble yourself. Now watch this. Humble yourself again. He squeezes it together with humility. Watch the way humility looks. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Can I tell you, more people are scared of the market than they are of the actual virus. People are freaking out because of the economy. And they're losing money and they're not able to work and they're not this and they're not that. Why? Because we like to be able to talk like we don't need God. And science has given us a false sense of security. And our financial prowess has given us a false sense of security. Where we think we've got it under control. And so people are freaking out. Why doesn't the government do more? Can I tell you there's a place and there's a time where the government can't save you? You've got to look to God. And some folks are getting really, really, really bothered by that, but it's true. Now you say, oh, we're not, it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. Read this. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm saying there's a supernatural power that God will give you when you do things the right way. And watch what he says. Stop acting like you know the future. Stop acting like you know what you could... Stop saying that the market's going to go up. Stop saying you're going to go here. Stop saying you're going to go there. My family, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know who. I'm just going to say, Lord, you're in control. That's humility. When you get to that point where you say, I'm going to stop telling you, I'm going to stop pontificating, I'm going to stop acting like I know it all, and I'm totally confident. Lord, I'm really not that confident in what this world or this virus or that guy down the street or the dude fighting for told. I don't know, but I do know this, that you're king and you're my Lord and that I tend to forget. So I'm going to remind myself in these times, and every time I wash my hands, I'm just going to pray. So now I got 30 seconds. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. You say you do that? No, I just keep washing. Thank you for your goodness, God. Lord, I'm reminded that in the day of trouble, you protect those that honor you with their offering. And I'm a tither, God. So humbly, I just ask that you would protect me and I claim your word. Your word says that when I give you my heart in my giving, why is that so important? Why is that so important? Because if you look here, what he's saying is be careful of the idolatry the world will draw you in with. I didn't read a verse in, these, in this passage that talks about adulterer, adultery. He says, don't commit adultery against me. There's going to be idols that are going to suck you in, like materialism. And the reason I'm saying that, because many of you in this room, right here, right now, are worried about what happens if it gets worse, financially. Can I tell you, just pray. Say, Lord, your word says, 
in the book of Matthew chapter six, that if I honor you and give you my heart, then you will keep me from worry. Your word tells me in the Psalms that you will keep me. And Lord, I thank you because I don't just honor you with my tithe and my money, I honor you with my time. And Lord, my life is yours. So Lord, I humble myself and I give you my talents and I ask that you would use me to be a mouthpiece of your truth. That I would be one that encourages folks. You said, Pastor, you're not really encouraging me right now. Listen, all of God's word is encouraging. Especially when it gives you perspective on how to look at it right so that you can get a supernatural power. Some people want to know what the key is. God's the key. I just gave it to you. How do you get over it? You humble yourself and you say, Lord, come in and start to do what only you can do. Give knowledge. Give... So I'm going to take a, just a moment before I finish my message and I'm going to ask you to pray specifically over some things. Pray that our elected officials would have real wisdom from God. Humble yourself, myself, our, our families, and say, Lord, the answer is going to come from you. We're not going to look to a stimulus package. We're not going to look to the CDC. We're not going to look to the WHO, the World Health Organization. Although we will listen to what wisdom you give them, but we know that it's from you that the answer will come. And it's by your grace. And the reason I'm asking you to really pray that our leaders have wisdom is because right now we are on a slippery slope. Certain municipalities in certain districts in certain counties have banned certain assemblies. According to the way I've always understood the Constitution, we have a right to assemble. It's one of the constitutional pillars. That's a scary, slippery slope. We also have a right to religion. But can I tell you, the enemy will bring enough pressure to see if he can erode some things so that later on he can exploit them. So we need to pray for wisdom now. Amen? And we need God's help. Because ultimately what the enemy wants to do is disrupt your relationship. Your relationship with God, your relationship with others. And he wants to attack our peace and joy. Now we've covered this, but I want to go deeper into peace. Peace is a birthright of every Christian. Did you know that? Peace is a birthright of every single Christian. The minute you become a Christian, you are born again. How many of you know that, that that's why they call, the world calls us, oh, those are those born again folks. Because we believe that we are reborn in a spiritual sense. Jesus says, you are dead before you know me. The Bible says, you are dead in your sin, but when God frees you from that, when he sets you free, when he gives you life, when he forgives you of your sin, you are reborn. And this is your birthright. Watch this. I am leaving you with a gift. God gave you a gift. And it's peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Do you know that Paul says in the book of Philippians, the world cannot understand it because it transcends. That transcends means it's above and beyond their comprehension. Can I tell you, that's the kind of Christians we're called to be. When the world's freaking out, we just walk with peace. That doesn't mean we walk without understanding or wisdom. 
and that we're irresponsible, but it does mean that we just we just have a confidence about us. We just have a tranquil calmness about us where the world looks and goes, why aren't you freaking out? And you just say, it doesn't do any good. God's in control and he's got it. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's Some of us need to start singing more during this time. Some of us need to start praying more. Others need to start worshiping more. But we all need to have peace. This peace, listen to what, what the Bible says. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The world is going to have all kinds of things. This won't, be the first vi- this won't be the last virus. There'll be earthquakes. There'll be different things. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. And so not only is this a gift, but it's also a fruit. Now I'm going to explain how they work together. In Galatians chapter 5, the Bible says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, peace, patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I don't understand. Jesus calls it a gift. Paul calls it a fruit. This is how it goes. When you become a Christian, you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit now works in you to produce this fruit. In other words, the seed is there and the garden has been planted. Now it's up to you to work the garden. It's up to you to tend the garden, to pull some weeds, to take out the rocks, to make sure it's watered, and to make sure that you have what you need and walking in the spirit of the living God so that you can produce this fruit. But it's there. It's there. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, I don't know if I have it in me. All you have to do is make sure you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John, listen, after he said, he, John 14 is where we read, Jesus says you get a gift. In John 15, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay connected to me, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to bear fruit. And this is the fruit that you will bear. Is this all the fruit you will bear? This is the start. And from there, it looks and, and, and tastes so beautiful. Amen. And so peace is a birthright. And it's also a natural consequence of a relationship with Jesus. The question is, are you willing to do what it takes? Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute, am I willing to do what it takes? Yeah, I just told you, you're in a fight. And you're gonna have all kinds of things coming at you and there's all sorts of challenges. The question is, do you want to guard your peace? Do you want peace? Are you gonna pursue peace? Are you gonna be determined in your life that nothing is going to take the peace that God died on the cross to give me. I want you to think about that with me for a second. You say, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to fight. Some of my guys, I can see I'm ready to to go. I'm ready to go. Do you realize that sometimes it's not as dramatic as that? It could be as simple as, hey, losing my keys every day causes me to go into a fit. And so I need to work on a way to keep myself from losing my keys so that I can keep my peace. Can I tell you, it took me 46 years to figure that one out. 
so I started a new deal. And at the first of the year, I said, I can't be losing my keys anymore because I blame everybody. Come on, how many of us are the same way? We, you know, in that area where we lose our peace, we don't want to take responsibility, so we start blaming everybody. Who moved my keys? Who touched my keys? I know one of you kids had to get my keys. They don't even drive, but I'm blaming Evie, and I'm blaming Honey, and I'm, and I'm blaming Melissa. I'm saying, you got my keys again, didn't you? Baby, I didn't get them the first time. But we start blaming and we start freaking out and maybe the key thing isn't uh, your thing, but maybe you're always frantic and hurried. Maybe you're always busy. Maybe you get your peace stolen because you agree to do things God never intended for you to do. Uh Uh-oh. If you live for him, then why are you doing things without asking him? And we put so much on our plate and then we're so frantic and our peace goes out the window and God is saying, I never called you to that. Get with me and I'll prioritize your life. But we're like, no, Lord, because I know what you, you'll do some things I don't like. You may not like them, but you'll love them when, they're, when you realize they're a blessing. And so maybe we're so in a hurry and we get going out the house, you know, yelling at everybody, blaming everybody, saying if this guy, this bozo parked in front of me would just move and if he would just go through this red light and if this wouldn't happen and if that wouldn't happen and we start blaming everything in the world instead of realizing if we just get up a little bit earlier. Yeah, I know some people didn't like that very much. You'd be like, I don't like that solution. Give me another solution. But if we would just get up just a little earlier, well, if it wasn't for my spouse, if it wasn't for, listen, are you willing to take responsibility and do what it takes? Listen to what Paul says here in the same verse where he talks about fighting against the spiritual forces of evil. This is the same passage. Ephesians 6, he says, For shoes, he's addressing what you should wear every morning, what you should put on. He says, for shoes, I need you to put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared and you won't be slipping all over the place. I got my basketball shoes on. You hear that? That means I'm ready to play. Some of us need to put on some good shoes of peace and it comes from the good news of God's word. You say, Pastor, but I'm not familiar enough with God's Word. Then every morning, get up and begin to read God's Word. Before you check the news, before you get the alerts from Facebook, before you get the alerts from Fox News or whatever other news station, get into God's Word and let God's Word begin to prepare you for the day. You say, Pastor, then I'm going to be late. No, you got to get up earlier. Get up earlier. And realize that you've got to do whatever it takes to prepare. But listen to the word. I want you to underline, put on. Put on means you have the responsibility to be active. Watch what else it says. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, he must, or you must, I must, turn away from wickedness and do what is right. We must search for peace. That means be determined to look for it with all your heart. Watch this. With God, with self, and with others. Where does the enemy attack you in your relationships? With God, with yourself, and with others. 
That's the sign. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, body, and strength, and love others as yourself. Do you see the connection here of the fight? And pursue it eagerly. Pursue what? Pursue peace. Search for it. Put it on. Have a desire for it. Not merely desiring it, but actually doing something about it. You know, for years I've been fighting this because I was raised in a, in, in a, I like to blame it on the Hispanic family. I just do it. That's my Latin roots. I get, I get worked up. And, and that's the way my dad used to fix things. If, if the TV wasn't working, come on, anyone know what I'm talking about? What do you do? They yelled, you, but you're not Hispanic. What happened? You know, that's what we used to do. TV's not working. You go up and you go. And you start banging it, and then it starts working. So guess what I figure out in my mind? You bang things, they work. And I don't bang things physically with my hands, but I bang things with my words. Uh Uh-oh, anyone else? You go, oh, I don't have that problem. I'm not a real outgoing person. I'm not a real boisterous person. I'm not a type A personality. But maybe you're passive aggressive. And you bang kind of with a curve. Maybe you've got other... Things that, but, but this is what the Bible says. You've got to watch that. You've got to pursue better than that and be willing to be honest. Let me ask you this. Are you willing to be honest with yourself? Because I've been working on this for a long time. And for a long time, I wasn't willing to be honest because I kept using the excuse, but this is just who I am. This is just who I am. My family's got to get used to it. God, you've got to get used to it because this is how you made me. So I put it back on him. Come on. How many of you do the same thing? We do it all the time. You know, I get upset and I say, well, it's this this woman you gave me, Lord. You gave me a hard-headed Hispanic woman and she never submits and she never agrees. And and so now I've got to get upset and and get excited to make sure that And God's like, he ain't buying it. So then you blame God and say, but you're the one who did it, Lord. You put us together. And he reminds me, no, you asked for her. Well, I asked for her, but now I need you to change her. Am I the only one? You know, it's interesting because not too long ago, I had one of my most beloved brothers, my most beloved disciples. He comes to me, he says, I want to get to be discipled. And, and they were headed towards divorce and his wife wasn't available, and so I began discipling him, and it's interesting because he just knew she had to change, and I said, well, she's not here. Let's just work on you, and the more I worked on him and the more the Holy Spirit worked on him and the more God worked on him, um, but notice how I said I because God uses you. I don't want you to mix that up. I think in Christianity, we always think God's just going to do it. God uses you in a pursuit. And so, so the more that God worked in his life, the more he started saying, man, she's changing. I don't know what's going on. She's just, she's just changing. And I said, you know, yeah, sometimes that happens, you know? And so we'd work some more. He goes, man, she's changed a whole bunch. Man, we were headed off the cliff if she hadn't gotten busy and started changing. Can I tell you, it wasn't her changing, it was him changing. And when you change, then others change around you. 
because others respond to you. And so we have to be careful and admit where we have weaknesses and quit saying, well, it's the circumstance. It's the people around. It's just this. It's just that. It's just I paid so much money and this parking attendant just not letting me through. And so I couldn't help it. I had to start honking. And then my kids go, dad, we're at the happiest place on earth. So we drive into Disneyland, a uh, Disney World, and and we're in a in a in a rented minivan, and they're they're bringing everyone in on different lanes. But then, if you've ever been there, you come to one point, and they let you in and they park you. Well, they decided to stop me in my lane. And they're letting everyone through. And I'm like, I got up early. Now I got to wait here because this person doesn't know how to count. And not letting people in equally because they kept letting that lane in way more than they let this lane in. And so they stopped me and I felt like they were treating me unfair. Am I in that where peace goes out the window when you think you have more right than you do? You just charged me $25 to park here. By golly, you better do it right. And I'm going to have fun and I'm going to get in there and have as much fun as I can have. So you need to quit keeping me out here in the parking lot. So I just, I just went New York style on them. I went, I wouldn't stop. And my kids are freaking out. They're hiding. And they're like, dad, you're a pastor. I said, nobody knows that here. Pastor Melissa's saying, well, please do it for me because it's Mother's Day. I got a thing with Mother's Day, don't I? It's not the first. But, and then you have a decision to make. Are you going to keep arguing to be right or are you going to let it go and fight for peace? Because I could have let that steal my whole day. Instead, I had to humble myself and say, hey, kids, I was wrong. When I came back by that lady, I said, I, I, I was the jerk. I'm, I'm so sorry. You guys have a hard enough job and y'all do such a wonderful job so that we can have a great time. And I have just, she goes, don't worry about it. We know how stressful these vacations can be. <laughs> and so I bought the shirt that says, um, Greatest day ever, greatest day ever, greatest day ever, most expensive day ever. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't buy this shirt, but I saw that and I thought, yeah, that's, that's what's motivating me there. But we have to humble ourselves and realize that we're all different and we're all prone to attack in our own unique way. Let, let, me, let me show you a post I saw the other day that I thought was really, really interesting. Okay, two different men. This man here has supplies stacked to the ceiling, this man has one thing in his cart. <laughs> he has a 24-pack of Corona. And he happens to be, never mind. I'm just going to leave it there. Look, you may say, oh, that doesn't bother me, but what, how does the enemy steal your, your peace? The truth is we're called to let God fight for us. The Bible says in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. In the Amplified Version, it says the Lord will fight for you while you, what? 
only need to keep silent. How many of us know that sometimes all we need to do is shut up? So I've had this problem where, where I feel like Melissa doesn't trust me or doesn't listen to me or somehow we're having a disagreement. That's what disagreements are about, right? And we're not perfect. And so I always used to be like, ugh, and I'd start arguing with her. And then she starts arguing with me. And how many of you know, then we're just both like, that ain't Christ-like. Well, that ain't Christ-like either. Ah! The younger kids know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all are going, what is he talking about? That's a song. And so, so one day I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for peace. I've been trying to get this forever, but, but I keep making excuses. I'm going to stop making excuses. She's a beautiful, wonderful woman. You gave her to me as my gift. I asked for her. I'm going to stop complaining, and I'm just going to just trust you, Lord. So here it goes. And I just felt like I jumped off a cliff, and I said, Lord, you're in control. And so we started this little dance. How many of you know it's a little dance that you do? You fall into that rut. And, and, and I could sense myself getting, getting worked up because she was arguing with me on something I knew I was right on. Until I find out that I wasn't and she was right. That's what typically happens. But when you think you're right, you're going you're gonna to defend it, right? And so I was going to defend it. And then I just heard God say, be quiet. So I got real quiet. And how many of you have ever experienced this? When you're losing your peace, others that have peace aggravate you. And so I just got real peaceful, and I could tell it was aggravating her. I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord, but man, I've never tried this before. I'm just going to be quiet. She says, what? What? You're not going to say anything? I said, no, I'm not going to. You always got something to say. And she wanted me to spar with her. She wanted me to defend my position. I just said, no, baby, I'm, I'm good. No, you're, you're never good. <laughs> I said, I'm trying something new. I just, I just in all honesty, I'm just going to let God deal with you. What? <laughs> and some of you are going, ooh, like that is, yeah, that sounds so bad. But in my heart, I just said, no, I love you. And I care for you. And somehow we can never get on, on the same page when we, we experience this kind of situation. So I'm going to let God reveal to you that you can trust me. And she just got real quiet. And I think I struck the fear of the Lord in her, man. Because she was like, this dude's walking with the Lord. Next thing you know, leprosy's coming, man. Earth's going to open up or something. No, I'm just kidding. Some of you are going to go home and try that. No, it really does work when you let God solve your problems. And quit trying to do it on your own. And that's what this whole thing is about. We're not going to solve corona. We're not going to solve the economy. God has to intervene and has to be with us. Amen? And so please take a moment to look at this list and, and see how the enemy's getting to you. Maybe yours is not up there. Does he hurry you? Does he get you in a rush? Are you frantic, worried, angry, bitter, resentful, covetous, com competitive, insecure? Are you... Are you constantly trying to win the, approvals of, the approval of others? That'll ruin your peace. Do you realize there was a season in my life where I was trying to be what people wanted me to be? And they're like, you're supposed to dress in a suit, and you're supposed to do this, and you're supposed to do that, and you've got to be more professional, and you've got to quit using so many colloquialisms and so, many, you know, so much abonics and this or that. And I'm just like, dude, this is who I am. I'm just going to be comfortable being who I am. I'm not Joel Osteen. I'm not Robert Morris. I'm not any of those great men of God. I'm who God made me to be. 
And can I tell you when that'll bring you peace too, if you're worrying about that in your life, be who God called you to be. And lastly, are you willing to be used by God? And this is where we finish. Willing to be used by God means, are you willing to fight for that peace so that you can be an ambassador and a ray of hope to others? You know, the Bible says in Matthew, blessed, blessed, spiritually calm with life, joy in God's favor are the makers and maintainers of peace for they will, what? Express his character and be called the sons of God. What does that mean? It's it's going back to that distinction between a gift of peace and the fruit of peace. Not the children of God, but sons of God. When you've grown in maturity and now you are producing fruit, then you will be trusted as a son. And God will give you favor. He will bless you. He will begin to pour out his goodness on you. And you will be able to be an ambassador for him. What do I mean by that? Where others look and say, what's your secret? And you say, God. God's my secret. Can I share with you how he has helped me? How he's never left me? He's never forsaken me. And he'll get you through. Listen to what the Bible says in Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ, the inner calm of one who walks daily with Christ, be the controlling factor in your hearts, deciding and settling questions that arise. To this peace, indeed, you were called as members of one body of believers and be thankful to God always, in any situation, in any circumstance, be thankful to God. This is where we close. Guys, one of your greatest, greatest, greatest privileges is to walk in such a way that others want Christ because of your example. I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. And do you realize that in the hardest times, in the hardest times, is where we have more opportunity? Right now, people want to see us walk in peace. Because they need strength. And they need that confidence. And we're called to bring that. You might be here today and you might be saying, Pastor, I don't know if I have that confidence. I don't know if I have that to give. You do. Because you have the Holy Spirit if you've given your life to Christ. Hey, I use myself as an example a lot. I try to share with you, I'm not perfect. And Melissa goes home sometimes and she's like, babe, you're not as bad as you say. And sometimes she says, you're actually worse. (laughs) Now listen, what I'm trying to get across to you is that I think in a world full of people trying to put on a persona, God is saying, be real. You need me. Go ahead and admit that. 
And when you admit it and you start walking with me, giving you that inner strength that only I can bring, then and only then will others really want what you have. And that's what we want to get to, guys. We want to be able to be that city on a hill. So this is going to be my prayer uh, invitation as our prayer partners come up. We're going to do it a little different. Some of you are going, oh man, he's taking his vest off. What then? No, I'm just getting a little warm. This is how we're going to do it. No one's going to move and these guys are going to remain up here. But we're going to believe that God is going to supernaturally give us eyes and ears to hear your need. How many of you know God knows every need? And so in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand and I'm going to ask these guys to pray over you. Now, you might be here today and you might be saying, Pastor, Corona is not my biggest problem. I have so many things going on in my life or I have this one issue. I have this one circumstance. I wish God would change it. And God might be saying, I'm not going to change the circumstance. I'm going to use it to make you better, to strengthen you. Or I'm going to use it to introduce myself to you in a way you've never gotten to know me. I'm going to have you see me as the one that heals, the one that provides, the one that protects. I know you've heard of me that way, but today I want you to see me and meet me as your provider, as your healer, as your protector. So that when you give testimony, it's not just testimony from something you read. It's something you read and lived and experienced and you can speak with confidence. I can sense the spirit moving. So before we go any further, I just want you right here, right now, if you need prayer, just raise your hand. Keep your hand raised as, as these people just begin to pray for you, as our prayer partners pray for you. Prayer partners, I'm going to ask you to just stretch your hand forward. Focus on whoever you, you are looking at and ask God to begin to pour out his spirit and lead your spirit to pray for them. Oh 